what's happening rebels welcome to rebel parenting i am your host ryan dobson let's dive into it today we're gonna talk about being feeling foolish feeling or looking foolish and what that does to kids and adults and i started thinking about this topic when i started playing chess for the first time in december of this past year i picked up chess at 50. Um, everything you will read about chess if you get into it like me an obsessive says if you start late, you'll never be great. There are two factors in being great at chess, starting early and genetics. That's it. Uh, and genetically, people go, what do you mean genetics? Uh, the ability or desire to sit for long periods of time, obsessiveness, um, wanting to solve puzzles, loving games. There's genetic factors that can go into playing chess. Uh, I'm an obsessive, so I am obsessed with it. Um, it's a very interesting concept, understanding up front, I'm never gonna be a great chess player. I'll just enjoy it and understand it more. Um, so I started playing and chess has changed. I did not know this over the years. There are a number of different kinds of chess. And so I need to explain a little bit about it in the beginning, just so you understand. Daily chess is called classical chess. It's what you think of normally when you think of a regular chess game. It takes a long time to play. Um, I play numerous daily games at a time. And the, what that means is I have 24 hours to make one move, and my opponent has 24 hours to make one move. People go, doesn't that take a long time? Yes, but we're playing people around the world. We all have jobs and families, or at least I do. I'm probably playing kids that have nothing to do. Um, but it's nice to play long form games. There are rapid and then blitz games as well. Rapid chess is what I play regularly as well. And I play 10 minute games, which means I have 10 minutes to make all of my moves and my other opponent has 10 minutes to make all of their moves so i move a piece i hit my clock and his clock starts counting down from 10 minutes he moves a piece hits the clock my clock starts counting down from 10 minutes and we play a game the game can last a total uh if everybody uses all of their time perfectly 20 minutes um, if you run out of time you lose um and then there are chess puzzles which is super nerdy and so much fun where they will show you a chess board and then there is a move where you're trying to make the next best move. Uh, and so you choose, that tells you if you've made the next best move or not. And by solving puzzles or winning or losing games or making the wrong move in puzzles, your rating score goes up or down. Um, Chess.com starts you at 400 and you go up or down from there depending on if you win or lose games or solve or don't solve puzzles. Uh, and then when you're a beginner, your score goes up and down rapidly, and so you feel it intensely. So, all that to say, I started playing chess, and because I'm a data freak and a nerd, um, I realized that in my rapid games, in my 10-minute games, my heart rate is soaring. It is soaring. I didn't even know how fast, and so I have... Um, a one of these things you get at the, that you have at the doctor's office it's a oximeter um, pulse thing so it tells me my blood oxygen level and my pulse come to find out during my games my pulse is hitting over 100 beats per minute i'm by myself in my office alone playing someone i don't know i will probably never meet and my heart rate's going like 115 120 what is going on with me and uh Winning and losing was a huge, I was, there was so much emotion and feelings wrapped up in it. And I couldn't figure it out. Why? Why is my heart beating so fast with a game with virtually, there, there are no real life consequences at all. I won't lose any money if I uh, lose. 
Uh, no one's going to make fun of me. I don't have to tell anybody. No one knows I'm losing. I'm never going to meet these people. Physically, I don't get harmed. Uh, emotionally, I, all these things, what is going on then? And I started talking to different coaches, uh, life coaching, business coach. I talked to a chess coach. Um, I was listening to the Andrew, Andrew Huberman podcast, the Lex Friedman podcast on learning stress our body's reaction to things. I've been diving so hardcore into it and I figured it out. It's because I don't like feeling foolish. I don't want to make a quote unquote dumb mistake. Except there's a problem with that. I'm brand new at chess and I should be making dumb mistakes. Do you know why? I'm not good at it. I'm a bad chess player. I'm so bad. I'm not even good enough to be called bad. That's what I'd say. I should have had my mic over here. Hopefully this sounds okay. Um, dive back into this. It's the feeling foolish. I realized I felt like I was making dumb mistakes or silly mistakes. And I felt like I was looking dumb and I was looking silly. The problem is I should, right? That's the, that's the, that's the proper response to what's going on. When you're a beginner, you make beginner mistakes. When you're brand new, you make new mistakes. You make silly mistakes. You do look foolish. And it dawned on me how many barriers adults create around them to never, ever look or feel foolish. doesn't matter if you're in public or alone. We hate feeling foolish or looking silly so much that we put barrier after barrier, roadblock, and walls around us to never, ever feel silly or foolish. Remind me to... I'm talking to Laura, Atomic Mom, sitting over here. Remind me to bring back up game night. Remember I talked about that? Because that's the important part in this. Um, I didn't put it in my notes. I don't want to type in front of you all. Um, it's feeling foolish. And I was listening to a podcast on learning with Andrew Huberman, and he talked about beginner brain. And it's that realization, I should be a beginner right now. I am a beginner. I'm brand new. I should make dumb mistakes. I should look silly, and that's normal. Embrace it. And... It's not that once I embraced it, my score has shot up. But I'm able to learn better. I'm not winning at a much higher rate than I was before. Maybe any higher rate. I don't know. I have to look at all my stats. I'm playing all the time. Uh, but I'm playing better chess. I'm making fewer mistakes. Um, and Huberman talks about this, that when you get to that point, because there's that feeling of, I don't ever want to feel like this again. My goodness, this is a terrible feeling. I just lost. I made a ridiculous, stupid mistake. I look like a fool. Hey, Ryan, don't ever enter a situation where you're going to feel like this again. This is a terrible feeling. But if I give in to that desire to not feel foolish, I'm not going to learn chess. I'm just not. I'm not going to learn piano. I just started taking piano lessons online um, via thegreatcourses.com and I'm awful and I don't like it and I don't want anybody to hear how new I am at this, but I should be awful. I should sound bad, but I won't always. And I got to tell you this too. And I know some of my friends are listening and I love you. It was very interesting. I can find almost, and I say almost because I just found a friend of mine that will play chess with me, but virtually no one will play chess with me. 
and I couldn't figure it out. I just could not figure out why will people not play chess. And here's the interesting thing. The first thing is I start asking all my friends, hey, do you play chess? Do you play chess? Do you play chess? Do you play chess? Everyone says no. No, I don't play chess. Okay. Well, there's a problem is my wife knows a lot of the wives and they hang out too. And Laura is excited about me playing chess. And she's like, oh my goodness, Ryan's so obsessed with chess. He plays all the time. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm wearing a chess hat and I have a, uh, can you see it? Yes. My chess belt buckle. Yeah. Super nerdy, super obsessed. I watch chess tournaments online. Uh, <laughs> and other wives are saying, oh, my husband plays chess too. Well, that's fascinating because I asked your husbands and they said they don't play chess. So what is it? And here's what I found out. Do they currently play chess? They haven't been currently playing chess. Did they used to play chess? Sure, they used to play. They played back in the day, played in college. They haven't been playing recently. But what I suspect, and I've talked to some people, and the people that are being vulnerable and honest with me are honest about this. They don't want to look silly. They know me. Now, this is all my friends know me. Uh, I am... My struggle is addiction. I'm obsessive. I don't do things part way. I do things all the way. So yeah, I started playing chess at the end of December and I got a coach and I talked to that person every couple of weeks uh, and I discuss games and I do training courses online and I play every day. Yeah, I'm an obsessive. And my friends assume I'm better than I am because I'm not good but they don't want to feel foolish. And I get that. I totally do. But I'm telling you the way, the rapid nature in which you can learn, if you will embrace that feeling, it's astronomical. So some of you know this, some of you don't. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I'm going to admit this. When I was 21, I got looked at by Olympic ping pong coaches, table tennis coaches. Uh, when I went to college for the first time, I got depressed. I found people playing ping pong. I fell in love with it. Like an obsessive that I am, I got really good. Uh, my final year at Olivet, which was not my last year in college, but my final year I played in the college tournament. I went 35 and zero. Um, my grades were so bad, I didn't continue there, but my ping pong score was amazing. Uh, and when I moved to Colorado Springs, I didn't know anybody and I was alone and bored. So I joined the local ping pong club. Yes. It's as nerdy as it sounds. Uh, and lo and behold, I was better than I thought. Um, in fact, when I was at Olivet, a former Olympian would bring his young son to play and we would play against a very tiny person that was being coached by an Olympian. So we got better as well. Um, now I haven't played ping pong in a million years. Uh, I have now, but this was uh, a, a little over a year ago. Laura came to me and said, hey, uh, I need you to find something to compete at because I'm tired of fighting with you. And I was like, what? Uh, and my obsessive competitive nature had been taking over and I didn't have any sports. I wasn't going to the gym. I wasn't running. It was winter uh, and I was grouchy. And Laura just said, go find something to compete in. And I was like, okay, I haven't played ping pong in a million years. Laura had never seen me play before, right? No. Oh, you saw me at that one tournament at NRB. Yeah. Oh my gracious. The day Laura and I got engaged, uh, it will be seven, 16 or 17 years this February 14th. 
I played in a doubles ping pong tournament with, <laughs> tournament with my dad. That wasn't even competition, though. That was embarrassing. We destroyed everyone. I mean, everyone. The winners, by the way, the winners, they played a round-round tournament, and then the winners of the tournament played my dad and I, uh, and whoever won the tournament not, and then got to play us won iPods. They were brand new that year, the giant brick iPods. That's right. Anyway, uh, a couple years back, Laura was like, I need you to find competition. So I went to the ping pong club and it was very interesting. Um, and we talked about it the whole way home. Very early on, I figured out who the best player in the room was and everyone was avoiding him. Everyone was avoiding the best players. And here's the truth. I played for a few hours that night. I lost every single game I played. Every game. I did not win one game. I played well for me, but I didn't win one game. But it didn't bother me because I didn't make dumb, silly, foolish mistakes. They're just better than me. And by losing game after game after game, I got my game back. I got better. And I, I don't mind playing great people. I don't mind losing at ping pong over and over and over again. That was why I couldn't figure out why my heart raced so fast with chess. Because when I go and I get beat at ping pong, it doesn't, it doesn't bug me. I don't care. But it's because I'm good. I'm really good at it. And I don't make dumb mistakes. It's rare that I make dumb mistakes. And because it's so rare, it's not that big of a deal when I do. But making foolish, silly mistakes is a big deal to me at 50. And that's an interesting one. So I started thinking about that with our kids. And it won't be this way with all kids, right? But it will with some. And so I'm talking to you and you got to look at your kids. Uh, in fact, one of my kids is this way and one isn't. But kids have to learn new things all the time. Like think about this. I'm playing chess by myself in my office with nobody watching and I feel silly and foolish so much so there's a pull in me to stop playing chess altogether. But kids go to school and they turn papers in and teachers hand them out and everybody sitting around them can see if there's a big red mark on it or if there's red marks all over an English paper or something. And it's embarrassing. And they know what grades their, their friends are getting and they know who's doing well and who's not doing well. It's really interesting to see who feels foolish stronger and what the result of that is. And feeling foolish creates vulnerability. It makes you vulnerable. And I was asking the Lord to remind me about this because a number of years ago, some friends of ours were having marriage struggles. Um, that's it. Marriage struggles. Um, and, it was just chaos in the family. The marriage was struggling. The kids were struggling. They knew the parents were struggling. And when parents are struggling, kids go bomb, like all the things. And I was encouraging him to play board games with his family once a week. And I could see the look on his face like, dude, we're contemplating divorce and you want me to play board games. Why? And I said, it's because you have to be vulnerable in front of your spouse and your kids. And this is the interesting thing about board games versus chess. Chess is one of the only board games that there is zero luck or guessing involved. There's no dice. There's no shuffling of cards. When there's dice involved, the dice can make a bad move for you and you look foolish. We play games that are silly that make, they make you look foolish when you do it. Uh, Jenga 
will make you look foolish because you tip a whole thing over and it's a big deal. Everybody goes, ah, it's falling. By the way, you can tell this because when your children are young, some of your kids, when they make the Jenga tower fall over, will cry. They'll cry. They don't, why didn't want to be the one that lost? Why? Because I don't want to look silly. I don't want to be the loser. I don't want to feel this feeling. So we play Jenga. We play tip the waiter, the little wooden waiter with the cups and plates. And if you tip it one way, they all fall down. We play the icebreaker game with a little uh, tray with the fake ice on it. And you tap it with a hammer. And if you did it wrong, the penguin falls in. That's funny. Uh, we play the hockey one, the little rubber bands, and you flip the puck back and forth. Um, and there's ways to set the games up for your children. So the hockey game, I don't know if you know this, but it's a rectangle game. There's a barrier in the middle with a tiny little thing. On either side are rubber bands, and you shoot little pucks through the middle of the game. And once all the pucks are on one side, that person loses. So you start with four or five on each side. Well, I play with my nine-year-old, and she starts with, uh, I start with uh, half of her pucks already on my side. Makes it easier for her. It should. If you play chess with younger players, just take a rook away. Take a knight away or a bishop. Take your queen away if you're really good. It handicaps you. That's a great thing to do if you're really good. Here's another one too. Super, super, super important. Definitely don't ever forget this. When you're playing with somebody else, with virtually everyone, if they don't win 30% of the time, they'll stop playing with you. If you just beat someone over and over and over and over and over again, most people will quit. It's the very few obsessives, like me, uh, who <laughs> hate losing more than we love winning that will stick with it. So especially older siblings, younger siblings, you've got to teach them. if they, Because older siblings get frustrated with younger siblings when they don't want to play with them sometimes. Like, I want to play this game. This game is fun. I like this game. Yeah, but you beat them 15 times in a row. Okay, out of every 10 games, they've got to win three times or it's too painful. By the way, class, most classic example are my parents. My mom and dad, well, my dad. My dad got obsessed with backgammon and my mom, by default, had to be obsessed with backgammon. So they played together for a long time and I forget the number, it's like 70. I think he beat her 70 games in a row, like they'd play a game a night or a couple of games a night. But it was... It's funny to see them tell the story now because now as an even older adult than he was when they were playing, he realizes that was a ridiculous thing to do. Uh, and on the 70th game that he won, my mom flipped over the backgammon set and they've never played again one time. Okay? It's a funny story to tell. And think about that. They were doing this. It's got to be 30 years ago, and they stopped playing backgammon. Understand with your spouse, don't hurt someone's feelings like that. Or you got to let them win every now and then so that you can keep a partner. You can keep playing. You can keep having fun. Look for ways to do that. Now, you will find some people that hate losing more than they like winning so much that they just, you know, that's it. So that's okay. I was that way. I was a really poor sport when I was younger. I liked, I hated losing so much that I just was a poor sport. Um, now... I am so obsessed with the concept of learning that the feeling foolish is important. I'm trying to embrace it, trying to embrace it. Uh, I'd love to play chess. Anybody wants to play? Uh, I am uh, Mr. Ryan Dobson at chess.com, chess.com slash Mr. Ryan Dobson. Um, but definitely hit me up in email or in the comments. Talk about feeling foolish. What thing is holding you back 
you know, from learning. Or, but it's, it's so interesting to see it play out on a national level, to see people so tied into their ideologies that they will suggest and, and uh, do ludicrous, crazy things because they're afraid to be wrong. Well, what if you are wrong? I mean, just one of my early, early coaching experiences, there was a man named Ennio Salucci, and he was teaching this. I will never forget. This is one of the most important things for my personal growth. He stood up front, but it was so funny. This is what drew me to him. You ever been, I mean, by the way, this is going to give my age and your age. So back in the day when you were in high school and the cheer squad or the pep squad or somebody, or somebody was going to do anything. I don't care if it was a church mime group and they had the C. It wasn't with cassettes. Okay. If you're old enough to remember cassettes, this did not happen with cassette players, but it did with CDs where you want to start music and then it won't work. It just didn't for a decade People would push play and nothing happened or the wrong song would start or something. And it was funny, but frustrating. We were in this training for all these type A high achievers and uh, there was supposed to be music playing in the background and the person running the CD player wasn't doing it correctly. And I could, t he handled it really well. Ineo was a total, total pro, but I could tell it bugged him and that made me like him. He cared about those details and I thought, I care about details. And you noticed that. And I like you. And he said, I'm going to say some things in this training. And you're going to think I'm crazy. And you're going to think I'm wrong. And maybe I am. Maybe I'm totally wrong. But maybe not. Try it 